support for this episode comes from Lalamand Brewing. Lalamand Brewing is a division of Lalamand Inc., a global producer of yeast and bacteria that aims to help breweries achieve their growth and quality goals by offering products, services and education. Lalamand Brewing's premium brewing yeast and bacteria deliver unmatched consistency, reliability and purity, allowing brewers to take full control of the brewing process. At the forefront of innovation and always looking to expand on the motto, we brew with you, Lalamand Brewing recently launched Lalbrew Verdant IPA in collaboration with Verdant Brewing. Lalbrew Verdant IPA is a unique strain of brewing yeast suitable for a broad range of beer styles, notably modern IPAs. To find out more about Lalamand Brewing and follow their news and product launches, connect with them on social media or visit www.lalamandbrewing.com. Travelling is the best education anyone can ever have. To travel and to see what everyone is doing, it can change your life, let me tell you. And for John Hall, the founder of Chicago's Goose Island Brewery, travel did just that. Speaking to us in London back in 2016, Hall was returning to the city that had given him the very inspiration to start his own brewery at home in the US state of Illinois. Founding Goose Island in 1988, it was built in the vision of breweries he loved and respected, such as Fuller's in Chiswick, West London. He had finally given a city as populous as Chicago a brewery to call its own. And more than 30 years on, that desire to travel and experience the world has meant that places such as Goose Island, London, a brew pub in the capital's East End, has become a reality. And with it, giving people an insight into the wonderful world of beer from the UK, the US and beyond. Hello and welcome to the Brewer's Journal podcast. My name is Tim Sheehan, editor of the Brewer's Journal. It takes a lot for the annual release of Goose Island's seminal Bourbon County brand stout to shift. But 2020 is no normal year. So much like the US, eager fans of the brewery's bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout have had to wait a little longer this time around. But much like the beer itself, good things come to those who wait. So for the latest episode of the Brewer's Journal podcast, we thought it was only fitting to sit down with Andrew Walton, the brewmaster at Goose Island's Brew Pub in London. And to coincide with this year's Bourbon County launch, we speak to Andrew about the beer, but also his personal journey in brewing, and how he's now making his very own mark in the world of barrel aging with the Brew Pub's excellent bourbon barrel aged barley wine. In the late 80s, Goose Island's founder, John Hall, was in his mid-40s and he was ready to do something different. He had read a little magazine article about small breweries in the US and that was his eureka moment. At that point, everything had changed for him. I decided to open a brewery, he told us, and I was very fortunate that my wife was ready to jump in the deep end of the pool with me. And for Andrew Walton, the brewmaster at Goose Island, London, taking a similar leap of faith was a move he's glad to have made, one that would involve leaving home in Canada to pursue his ambitions elsewhere. 
So my journey in beer actually started in the UK um, of all places. Back in 2003, I was an uh, undergraduate student at uh, Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. They happened to have a campus in East Sussex. Um, so during my time there, I managed to find myself a pint or two of uh, Harvey's Best, uh, you know, Brewers of Sussex and whatnot. And I never really tasted anything like that before um, in my life. So that sort of got me thinking about beer in the first place, because, you know, up to that point, I was, you know, stealing the odd bottle of like Molson Canadian out of my dad's fridge, uh, you know, drinking mostly like adjunct lagers, you know, nothing uh, super cutting edge. So, you know, drinking that beer really sort of opened my eyes to like different sort of brewing tradition. So after that, I got back to Canada after spending a year uh, in the UK, sort of got into like home brewing, I think as a lot of people uh, do. Um, graduated school, ended up working in a couple like random professional positions around uh, Toronto doing office work. Was pretty dissatisfied with the sort of working at a desk life. So I decided to uh, enroll at the Siebel Institute. Um, you know, it was actually my partner who suggested that I go down there because I was spending all my time homebrewing anyway. So I may as well try to turn that into a career. So I went to Siebel, which is split between Chicago and uh, Munich. And then, yeah, I uh, came back to Toronto, took a brewing job at a sort of family run brewery uh, in the north part of the city and worked there for about a year. My partner and I were always held sort of like aspirations of moving abroad. Um, so sort of around 2016, we decided, you know what, we're going to actually action this plan. We're going to move to the UK. So came over here in February of 2016, uh, got a brewing job over here. And uh, yeah, the rest is uh, sort of brings us up to date here today. I saw the uh, advertisement for the Goose Island Brew Pub job sort of back in May of 2018. And I had pretty fond memories of like going through the brewery, going through the barrel warehouse back when I was at brewing school. So so I'm like, you know what? I'll chuck my hat in the ring. I didn't expect like anything to, to come of it. And then, you know, a couple interviews later, I was the new head brewer here at the uh, Shortage Brew Pub, which is uh, pretty rad. But before the UK came calling, Andrew had his first experience of professional brewing back home in Canada. This, along with his studies at the prestigious Siebel Institute, put him in good stead for the opportunities that lay ahead. At Siebel, he would learn at either end of the brewing spectrum. I mean, you know, the, the U.S. portion was all uh, classroom based, but we had speakers from, you know, John Mallett, who's head brewer of Bell's, like literally wrote the book on malt, um, you know, very high quality instructors who were sort of imparting just like a very rigorous approach to, to brewing um, and scientific approach to brewing, but, you know, always with that like touch of creativity. It's almost a, like a philosophy of how I, I think about making beer. Uh, the Munich portion, I like to think of as more of the very stern Bavarian brewmasters telling me that, you know, X, Y, and Z is verboten. But again, it's just a focus on quality, a focus on just like the fundamentals, the science behind brewing. So for me, it was transformative um, in a lot of ways. Up to that point, home brewing, you're just like, what am I going to make this week? Just chucking ingredients at it. It's, you know, it provides a structure for how I, how I think about beer till this day. And in the UK, this would first be put to use at Forpure, based in Bermondsey, London. Yeah, so moved over here in February of 2016. I think that was, uh, I think, a good time to be looking for a job because a lot of places were expanding. I think craft beer was really uh, taking off in London, especially at that time. So I applied for a number of jobs, but uh, was offered a position eventually at Forpure. I worked there for three and a half years with uh, just an incredible crew of people there. That The, the brewery went from a uh, two brew a day, 16 hours sort of production to 24 hour production, seven brews 
a day uh, during my time there. And just the sort of investment in quality, investment in equipment, um, being able to be a part of that was like instrumental in my understanding of and you know ability to apply like brewing processes to what we do here at the brew pub. So that was instrumental, I guess, in, in my growth um, as a brewer and like I'll do credit to Forb here. You know, we made some incredible beers when I was working down there. While his experiences differ in a number of ways to heading up a brew pub operation, his desire for creativity and innovation remains the same. When you are brewing at our scale, so just for you to understand, we brew about twice a week. We have a five hectoliter kit with six fermenters and that sort of limits the amount of production that we can do here. Um, you really, I wouldn't say you focus more on the details, but we're able to really take the time with each one of our brews. Um, whereas, you know, when you have another four on the schedule, you're, you know, trying to make sure that whoever's coming in after you is in a good place, that everything is sort of moving along swiftly. It is about hitting your specs and, and turning the brew house around quickly. Whereas for us, we're allowed to be a little bit more, I think, creative, a little bit more uh, flexible in what we're doing. I mean, that being said, when we first started brewing here, like I, I had all of these recipes in my mind, like these are going to be the first things I'm going to turn out when we open up. I think our like first six brews were like a brute IPA, a mild, a beer de garde, these like super esoteric styles that like not necessarily you would see sort of coming out of like most breweries as their like initial lineup and whatnot. Um, but as we've moved along, we've sort of developed a core range here at the pub and we do brew very similar to the way you would at a production facility. So I love the idea of having a a core recipe, um, something that you've crafted and then can sort of tweak over time, something you become familiar with. I think that that craftsmanship can be lost um, if you're spending all of your time trying to invent like new recipes every single week, coming out with new beers every single week. Getting to know and, and tweak a recipe over a period of months and years has been you know super rewarding for me, on top of the creative outlet, of course. Support for this episode comes from Oki Europe Limited. Oki Europe Limited is a global business-to-business -business brand and pioneer of award-winning digital LED printer technology. Oki Europe Limited understands the challenges of creating eye-catching labels without the hassle of wastage. That's why Oki Europe Limited has a unique desktop solution for any size brewery, allowing you to print great quality labels with professional results in-house on demand. Set up jobs in minutes with minimal training. Oki Europe Limited works with a wide range of sectors. Our printers are renowned for their innovation, reliability, unrivaled media handling capabilities, and superb color quality. To find out more about Oki Europe Limited, visit us at www.label-printer.info or call us today on 07827 955. 799. Andrew often works alongside Goose Island's Chicago business, but when it comes to much of the recipe formulation for the UK brew pub, he will often tread his own path. Yeah, so when, when I first started here, we I worked for a little over a month in the Chicago brewery, so I got a good sense of how Goose thinks about beer, how they go about brewing beer in their uh, in their Chicago brewery. So, you know, I came back with a pretty good sense of, you know, what I wanted our production to sort of look like over here. Um, so for us, recipes are almost 100% coming from me. I like to use Chicago as a, as a resource because they have such a, you know, a skilled brew team over there, so I will generally speak 
we can be running a lot of my recipes past them. If we're using a, a new ingredient or a new process, I'll ask if they've done this before. Nine times out of 10, they will have because they produced a lot of beers um, over the year there. But mostly the way the brew, the, the brew pub's menu has shaken out is, you know, it's, it's my vision for what a core range of beers should look like at a, a Goose Island brew pub with a rotation of seasonals and then some one-off beers chucked in there as well, just to make sure whenever someone comes in here, they have something new to enjoy. And one such beer patrons can currently enjoy is the brew pub's bourbon barrel-aged barley wine. Yeah, so the barley wine is on the bar now. It's tasting fantastic. Um, when I was thinking about what I wanted our like extremely limited barrel program to look like, I think we we have room for about eight barrels downstairs in the pub. It's uh, it's a pretty tiny space that we share with the kitchen and pub storage and whatnot. Um, I wanted to make sure that we were paying tribute to obviously uh, sort of the bourbon barrel aging program in Chicago. So utilizing those same materials. So we used Heaven Hill bourbon barrels for this beer. But I, I was very very much inspired by English beer to get into brewing in the first place. So when we were thinking about what beer we wanted to stick in these barrels, an English barley wine was a natural fit. Obviously, the, you know, Goose has done barley wines in the past, so there's a natural lineage there. But for us, it was an opportunity to showcase like the best of British brewing ingredients, techniques, etc., and to chuck that into an American barrel. So it's sort of your transatlantic uh, sort of beer. Um, so it's uh, for me, I think it's summarizes my journey in some ways uh, in a single beer and it's uh, super rewarding to see people see people enjoy it and andrew knows brewing such a beer is an important part of his career to date i remember going through goose island when i was in uh, brewing school in chicago and just thinking it would be super cool if i could you know even work in a place like that and like a couple of years down the line just as a you know fairly inexperienced like brewer and student at the time and to be turning around and like running their uh, brew pub in London is uh, kind of a crazy thing to think about. So when we're putting the Goose Island name on a beer, like I think there's a expectation that it's going to be a certain quality. Um, and especially with a barrel aged beer, given the uh, reputation of, uh, of Bourbon County, you want to make sure it's tasting good. Now heading up the brew pub, he's in a good position to note how London's beer scene has changed in that time. I was super impressed with the beer scene when I first got here. I mean, I think there's a creativity that runs through just the, the British brewing scene as a whole that, you know, is pretty unique um, amongst brewing cultures around the world. Uh, what I would say that I've seen has evolved over time is there's definitely now uh, investment in quality, in equipment. Um, I think brewers are sort of recognizing to sort of hit that next level of, uh, of quality that you really need like investment in the lab. There's certain, you know, quality control measures that you need to make sure are, are in place um, in your beer. And I think it's, it's shown in the quality. Um, beer has 100% gotten better uh, to my mind since I got here in 2016 till today. Bourbon County Brand Stout was initially brewed back in 1992 to celebrate the thousandth batch of beer brewed at Goose Island. But it wasn't until 2016 somewhat fittingly the same year that Andrew himself moved to the UK, that the beer had its first official launch on these aisles. And once more, it looks like it's set to be hot property. So what's behind the beer's lasting appeal? I think that the first time you have a Bourbon County is very much a unique experience in beer. Like chances are you will never have had a beer that tastes like it before if you're coming at it from a, you know, fairly new perspective. Even if you're an experienced drinker, it's a, it's a recipe that they've been brewing for 20-ish years now. Um, so there's a, you know, there's a tradition, there's an understanding of what this beer is. And quite frankly, it's absolutely delicious. I mean, it's an absolutely mind-blowing beer. The amount of character 
character that they sort of managed to like whack into it is just I think sort of unrivaled amongst uh, barrel-aged stouts so there's a consistency but also like subtle changes over the course of every single year so for me I very excited to crack into the uh, BCS 20 this year and uh, sort of explore those like subtle nuances that you get um, between each different year. But um, it's a high quality beer. It's They brew it without compromise in Chicago. It's 100% of what you're getting in bottle is barrel aged. There's no blending. So it's by itself, it's uh, just a, a, a fearsome beer. <laughs> As with recent years, Bourbon County brand Stout has launched alongside a number of incredibly limited variants. In 2020, these include Bourbon County Kentucky Fog Stout, a take on the London Fog Tea Drink. With that flavour profile in mind, the brewery added Earl Grey tea, black tea, as well as clover honey to the mix. Elsewhere, you have Anniversary Bourbon County Stout, which is aged for two years in Weller 12-year barrels. And although these beers rarely leave the US, Andrew feels that they perfectly complement the flagship stout. Yeah, I mean, I will, again, preface this by saying if we could get some of the variants over here in Chicago, if you're listening, please send us some. Um, that would be super cool. But yeah, I think there is something to be said for tradition, releasing something once a year. The recipe doesn't really change uh, process-wise, pretty well the same. And, you know, all you're, all you're counting on is just like subtle variations, maybe in water, maybe in the barrels that it goes into, maybe in malt from year to year. So you can sort of track that over time. And it's just, it's the craft of being a brewer, right? It's understanding your process forwards and backwards. It's understanding your recipe and it's executing something consistently that tastes delicious that, that people can appreciate. And, you know, I understand the, the desire to have something new. Like we here at the Brew Pub try to make sure we have new beers on weekly, bi-weekly or something like that. But to be able to actually tuck into something that you've had before to compare it against previous years, I mean, that's, that's a cool thing to do. And for Andrew, he's looking forward to when more beer fans can return to the Brew Pub and enjoy all of the qualities that great beer and equally great environments have to offer. Well, I mean, first and foremost, I just love to see the uh, brew pub full of people again, um, enjoying our beers. Obviously, it's been uh, a challenging year for everybody in, in hospitality. But for us, it's continuing to develop our core range, making sure those beers are tasting as, as delicious as they are, um, to continue to sort of innovate. So push the boat, on, boat out on whether that's new ingredients, experimenting with styles that we haven't brewed before, or different versions of styles that we have brewed before. Um, it's just trying to make some like excellent beer for anyone who comes in here. I think that a lot of people, oftentimes maybe their first experience with a, a craft beer might be a Sierra Nevada, it might be a Goose IPA. So I think we get all sorts in here. So if you're coming into Goose Island because you maybe had a, a Goose IPA at the airport or at a, another pub that you're going to find like a range of beers that maybe will sort of pique your interest to maybe try our uh, Kavik Strawberry Sour or something like that, um, or to experiment a little bit more. Um, so just to make Excellent beers. Make sure that our customers and anyone who comes in here is just has a nice time, has a nice beer. The Brewer's Journal is a production of Reby Media, produced and hosted by me, Tim Sheehan. Sound engineering is by Ross McPherson. Series supervision is by John Young. The executive producer is Rory Harris. And a special thank you to Andrew Walton and all of the team at Goose Island Shoreditch.